You're listening to the Touch Em Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and on our new episode, we're going to be talking about all news in WWE and MMA, and I'm also going to be giving you my predictions for the card this upcoming, not this upcoming Saturday, I'm sorry, June 1st, so in about a week from this upcoming Saturday, so two weeks, on uh, Alexander Gustafson versus Anthony Lionheart-Smith. So yeah, let's get started and step into the ring. So yeah, honestly... There's not too much that's been going on this week. Uh, of course, we all know this upcoming Saturday we have AEW's first major pay-per-view show, Double or Nothing. I've spoken about it on the last two podcast episodes. I'm excited to see what they can do. Obviously, Pac and Hangman Page were supposed to have a match on this show, and that ended up getting canceled due to creative differences. I guess Pac didn't like the way that the match was going or the way it was going to be booked. Honestly, I don't get it. Like you're in the professional wrestling business. I know you I know sometimes it usually the way matches end, you don't want them to end the way that they get booked anyway. You know, you just gotta deal with it. You gotta take take what you can get and work the match. If it's a good match, even depending on how terrible the finish is, if you guys work a good match together, I don't think the fans will care too much. They'll probably be pissed if it's like a no count no if it's like a no contest or a DQ. But if you work a good match together and, you know, it has good rhythm and timing and everything, you'll be fine. So I don't know what the problem is. I hope it's not like another Sasha Banks thing where she just wants to complain until she gets what she wants. And I used to be a huge fan of Sasha Banks, but honestly, I just, I can't stand her. She complains about everything now and says things she should be the top of every women's division. Listen, you were the top of the women's division a little while, a little while ago and it worked, but you know, they have to move on. They got to build new stars. They can't use the same thing all the time. So I like Sasha, you know, I hope she sticks with the company and they give her something to do, but I'm not going to sit here and listen to her, you know, cry and complain 24 seven and bitch and moan about everything that doesn't go her way. And if you know, if you don't like what I said, I mean, I don't really care. So let's see, this week has been kind of a slow week. Um, if you're a big fan of MMA, I'm sure you saw. There's been a lot of talk of what McGregor's going to do next. You know, with all these announcements of new fights in the lightweight division, we've got Ferguson and Cerrone at UFC 238 in Chicago. We've got Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz, a returning Nate Diaz at UFC 241 in August, which hopefully it goes through because with Nate Diaz, you never really know until the day of the fight. He could, he, you could think he's going to fight and then pull out. He'll pull out just like he did against Dustin Poirier which was a bummer because I would have loved to see how that fight went. I think that would have been a war, a crazy five-round bloodbath of a war, and nobody would have quit, so that fight would have been great. I hope we get that fight. You know, maybe maybe down the road we'll have it rebooked and it'll happen because I want to see it. I need to see that. I need that fight in my life, the diamond versus the Stockton slap. I need it. So any this week in WWE, uh, Monday Night Raw, honestly, it felt a little bit better this week. Uh, lately it's been pretty slow and I did, I haven't liked how they've booked people. I feel like you have all these new stars that you're trying to move from show to show during the show, superstar shakeup and you're not going to use them. Perfect example, giving Lesnar the briefcase, but I went in depth and beat a dead horse in my last episode. So I'm not going to over talk about that, but honestly, you need to build up your new stars. I don't know what they have to do. That's why people are scared when they call up NXT guys to the main roster because they they try to build them up and it looks like they're going to do something for about two weeks and then they're freaking sitting in catering 
talking to Titus O'Neill about how he won the 24-7 championship and then lost it within like 20 minutes. And we'll talk about that 24-7 title. You know, I really like it. I like the idea of it, and it's going to bring back the entertainment to the shows. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. I really hope they push the envelope during these segments because that's what this is for. It's for an entertainment and a comedy type of segment. And I'm glad. You know, I can't wait to see where this goes, even though the title looks like crap. But that none needless to say, if they build, if they do well with it, we won't care what the title looks like. I mean, obviously some fans will, but not everybody. Nothing really has happened this week in WWE, honestly. I mean, you had that stuff come out about Ashley Massaro. It's pretty graphic. I don't really want to talk about it on this podcast, but look it up. It was something that she wrote in her affidavit when she tried to sue the WWE. Don't know how true it is, but I don't think somebody would make something up like that unless they were severely mentally ill and didn't know you know, any better. So look it up if you haven't. And yeah, do it honestly, because it's, it's tough to read. So what do we got this week's NXT? I feel like was great. The match between undisputed era and Matt Riddle and Gargano was, was awesome. I feel like they always work together when you put fish O'Reilly Riddle and Gargano in a ring. It's always going to be well good. It's going to be a well thought out and well worked match. And there's no doubt about that. We've got NXT takeover coming up on uh, June 1st, I believe. Super excited for that card. I'll run it down for you real quick. I won't get into predictions, but it's going to be a hell of a show. NXT always delivers, and I think they over-deliver with this one. Just stacked from top to bottom. You've got the Forgotten Sons versus the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era versus Oni Lorcan and and Danny Burch in a fatal four-way ladder match for the NXT Tag Team titles. Going to be a crazy match. No way that doesn't deliver. Not a fan of Forgotten Sons to be honest, but I'm sure it'll be great. You've got Velveteen Dream facing the returning Tyler Breeze. So glad Breeze is getting another singles push and a chance to build himself back up in NXT. Such a great talent. Was barely ever used on the main roster aside from his stint with Fandango and Breezango. I hope this builds him up as a legitimate singles star. I don't see him getting the win, but we'll talk about that in the predictions next week. Also, Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. It's gonna gonna be match of the night. I'm sorry. I feel like they're gonna steal the show. Strong always works stiff matches. Matt Riddle is a stiff type of competitor. It's gonna be a lot of chain wrestling and stiff hits, and it's gonna be great. I can't wait to see it. And then we've got we've got uh, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole in another match. Gonna be amazing. If you didn't see their two out of three falls match from NXT Takeover from the last NXT Takeover, I believe it was Takeover. Brooklyn, I want to see. Yeah, take over Brooklyn or take over Blacklist. That's going to be fantastic as well. No way they don't tear the house down during that match. And we'll talk about that on the next episode because I don't want to get into predictions right now. So that's it mainly for WWE. I feel like we covered a lot of the big news from coming out of this week. I want to move over to some MMA now. So, yeah, let's talk about this card that's coming up. On Saturday, or a week from Saturday, June 1st, uh, we're only going to talk about the main and the co-main event. I looked through the card, and there's some stellar matchups on there, but nothing that catches my eye enough to, you know, talk about it and give a technical standpoint of what I think, the how the, I think the fight's going to play out and anything like that. But 
Let's start with the co-main event. We've got Volkan Uzdemir versus Alir Latifi. Both men coming off losses, I believe, to uh, Alir Latifi recently lost to Corey Anderson. And then, uh, what's it called? And then, why can't I think of his name? Volkan Uzdemir. God, that took too long. Volkan Uzdemir recently came off a loss to Anthony Lionheart-Smith in a crazy fight. And Smith ended up taking getting a rear naked choke in the third round for the submission. So, yeah, let's do this co-main event. So, Volkan Uzdemir holds a record of 15 wins and 4 losses. Again, like I just said, coming off the loss to Anthony Lionheart-Smith, who competes in the main event of this card. And Alir Latifi has, holds a record of 14 wins and 6 losses with one no contest. And I believe he's coming off a loss to Corey Anderson in his last fight. Let me check that for you. Yes, it was a three-round decision at two, UFC 232. Honestly, you know, I'm not a huge fan of either of these guys. I was a fan of Vulcan Uzdemir when he, you know, had that super quick meteoric rise at the top of the light heavyweight division, just coming off a quick, fast first round knockouts over, I think, Misha Serkinov and and then he KO'd Jimmy Manoa super fast within, I think, like 20, 30 seconds into, their, into the first round. And then he got wrestled down to the ground and dominated by Daniel Cormier, and then looked good against Anthony Smith, showed off some of his grappling, which I never really saw him as being a good grappler, but he had some good good control and good wrist control and top position control during that fight, and he used it to control the fight until, honestly, Smith just took over. So, Alir Latifi, a huge powerhouse, pretty fast for a light heavyweight and ex- super explosive, you know, can just plods around you know, real slow and then just explodes on you and tries to take you out with one shot. But if I had to pick how I think this fight's going to go, I see Vulcan Uzdemir. Oh, you know what? I don't know why I said Vulcan Uzdemir's last fight was against um, Anthony Smith. He lost to Dominic Reyes. Yeah, did he lose or get the win? Let me check on this because I'm not 100% sure and I don't want to give you the wrong information. So give me a second. So he lost. Yeah, he lost a three-round decision. Controversial, honestly. I thought Vulcan Uzdemir did enough in that fight to get the win over Dominic Reyes, but Reyes ended up staying at 11-0, going to 11-0. And, yeah, he looked good in that fight. I feel like he did more to get the the win in that 15 minutes. But if I'm going to say how this fight goes, I feel like Vulcan Uzdemir – I don't think he knocks out Alir Latifi. I feel like Vulcan Uzdemir gets a three-round decision, just outworks Alir Latifi, gets him tired. And if Latifi catches him, you know, it's a bad it's a bad night for him. I feel like he can hurt him and hurt him bad. But I see Vulcan working, you know, a higher, a higher output on the feet and tiring him out and getting a three-round decision over Alir Latifi. Now let's move to the main event, and man, I'm super happy for this. A great fight in the light heavyweight division, and I'm super impressed with Anthony Smith coming back this quick. I mean, it's not super quick, obviously, but quick enough turnaround after that not good showing against John Jones. Showed a lot of heart and amazing tenacity. Didn't want to get out of that fight at any means, and just Jones outclassed him. You know, Smith couldn't pull the trigger, 
and John kept using sidekicks and elliptical front kicks to the knee and to the body in order to keep him away. And it was just too much for Smith to handle, and he just couldn't pull the trigger. You know, it felt like he was shy under the bright lights and just couldn't do it. And I thought Smith was going to be the guy to upset John Jones. I feel like he had enough in the toolbox, and he wasn't, you know, the most – he didn't have the most tools, but I feel like the tools he had were going to give Jones problems, and they really didn't. Jones just kind of ran through him. It wasn't a fun fight at all. Super boring fight, but Smith stuck it out for a five-rounder. So let's go into detail with this. So Gustafson, again, coming off a loss to John Jones, just like Anthony Smith. Before that, he looked good against Glover Teixeira. He had that knockout where he landed three uppercuts, cut an angle off to the side, and threw an overhand right and knocked out Glover Teixeira in one of his best performances to date, to be honest. But how do I see this fight playing out? So let's go over the records. So Anthony Smith, let's see, I want to double-check this really quick. I should have had this up. So Anthony Smith holds a record of 31 wins, 14 losses, and Alexander Gustafson has a record of 18 wins, 5 losses, no draws. Two of those losses coming to John Bones Jones, even though the first one was a bit controversial, and I feel like he did enough to get a win in that first John Jones fight. And if you have not seen that from UFC 165, it's the greatest light heavyweight fight to ever happen, I believe. So go out of your way and look up Gustafson versus John Jones 1 from UFC 165. So how do I see this fight playing out? You know, I feel like Gustafson, just like Smith, he just couldn't get it going against John Jones. I don't know if it was being starstruck or just Jones being too technical and having too good of a game plan and using his reach better than anybody to keep those guys stale and stable and not be able to get off their work. But Jones does that to everyone. He makes super amazing fighters look average at best. And that's just John Jones. I don't like him. I do, I lost respect for him after all the steroid allegations. Nothing would make me happier than to see John Jones get knocked the fuck out. I do not like him. I feel like he is a fake person. I feel like he he tries to use excuses and everything, even though he did test positive. He did do steroids and use performance enhancers. Maybe not in the last drug test, but he's done so much. I just can't respect him. I don't know how anybody could. I can see, don't get me wrong, the greatest light heavyweight fighter and greatest fighter maybe of all time, but in terms of skill and how he uses it. But with the PEDs, I cannot consider him the greatest of all time. I'm sorry. And if you don't like it, I don't really care because that's, that's how I feel. You make one mistake, okay. You make multiple, it's on you, and I don't want to hear about it. So how do I see this fight playing out? I feel like if Gustafson wants to get this win, he's going to have to be active and use his ones and twos and just technical crisp boxing and footwork like we've seen in so many Gustafson fights. And maybe the reason he didn't use the footwork against John Jones is because he was able to use the side kicks and front kicks to the thighs and to the knees. So it stopped Gustafson from moving and hurt his knees. So he couldn't use his footwork and keep it kept him in one stable position. That could be a reason why he wasn't able to get off his game plan against John Jones. But if we see a Gustafson that's returned to form, I feel like he might KO Anthony Smith within three rounds. But Anthony Lionheart Smith, let me tell you, that guy has so much heart and obviously nicknamed Lionheart. Nobody deserves it better, deserves it more than him. Shows so much heart, 
Could have taken the easy way out and got a DQ when Jones landed that knee on the ground, but he didn't. He wanted to win, and he wanted to win in a spectacular fashion. Even though it didn't happen, I respect him so much for that, and I feel like Jones does as well. So the key to Anthony Smith winning this fight is going to be pressure and just unorthodox striking techniques. He's going to have to push forward and bum try to bum rush Gustafson and use his awkward punches. You know, he did this one punch against John Jones where he threw a left hook to the body and an overhand right, but almost at the same exact time. So they would go to block the body shot and get hit with an overhand right. I feel like that could work very well against Alexander Gustafson. I think... I think that could be a key, and I feel like I feel like Lionheart's going to get this done. I was I was all on Gustafson at first. You know, this is the second toughest matchup for Anthony Smith in the light heavyweight division. But I think Smith comes out looking to make a statement in this fight, and I feel like he gets a finish in the third round. I'm going to go. I might not be a popular call by any means, but yeah, I'm going to go with Anthony Smith to get a third round TKO over Alexander Gustafson, possibly a rear naked choke submission. I could see him getting a sub, but I'm going to say a third round TKO over Alexander Gustafson and vaults himself right back up into title contention. Maybe one or two more wins just because of how one-sided that Jones fight was. But I can see Anthony Smith beating John Jones if he shows up. I don't, I don't know. Maybe some people are saying, you know, double M, you're crazy. You know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. He got dominated. That was not the real Anthony Smith. I feel like Smith can give John Jones a lot of trouble and it could be one of his toughest matchups aside from Tiago Santos. I feel like that's a way tougher matchup for John Jones than people are giving that credit for. I feel like he will throw guns, he will go guns blazing and throw wild punches and just try to kill John Jones for at least five minutes of that fight until he gets tired. So yeah, I'm going to go with Anthony Lionheart Smith to get us TKO in the third round of their fight. So that's going to be it for UFC. Or no, that's going to be it for those predictions. I'm sorry. I want to talk about something. Let's go with Conor McGregor. I haven't really talked about him too much on this podcast. And I want to talk about, you know, where he's been. What's been going on. He had this interview recently with, I'm not 100% sure who did the interview. But I'm going to look for it right now. Let's see. Sorry, guys. I, I can't remember who had the interview. Let's see. Oh, Tony Robbins. He did an interview. It was about an hour long, 45 minutes long. And he talked about how he was too interested in materialistic things and wasn't focused on the true aspect that he loves about martial arts. He wasn't focused on being a martial artist. He was focused on spending the money that he's made through all these fights and were thinking he was better than everybody and didn't have to train. And that's the most important thing that McGregor has said recently. Honestly, I just, he needs to go back. Forget about the money. I know it's hard when you make all this money for you to just stop and go back to and getting that hunger, that hunger. But I think this loss, I think this loss to Khabib is going to light a fire under Conor McGregor and he's going to come back. He will fight Habib Nurmagomedov again. Mark my words, they will fight again. He might have to get one more win, and then he'll get the rematch. I hope he doesn't get the rematch before Dustin Poirier gets to his fight. Poirier needs that matchup, and I will not, cannot wait to see those two fight. But McGregor just needs to get back to being a martial artist. He needs to take it seriously. When he didn't care about the money, and it's I know it's easy to say, oh, well, he made a million dollars against Floyd Mayweather. He doesn't need to worry anymore. 
Yeah, but that's the thing. That's what stopped McGregor from being Conor McGregor. He went from notorious Conor McGregor to just Conor McGregor, if you get what I'm saying with that. He needs to go back to training and working on his craft consistently. I don't think he needs a new camp. People say, oh, move camps when you take a loss. No, he, he needs to work with the same camp he's been working with. He just needs to get back to training consistently. It, I'm going to tell you this right now. If McGregor trains consistently and fights to the best of his ability against Habib Nurmagomedov, he finishes Habib and TKOs him within three rounds. You could say whatever you want. I know Khabib dominated him in their first fight. That was not the true Conor McGregor. And I'm not even talking about he could be a McGregor saying he had a broken foot. Forget about that. Fuck that. I don't care about that. He did not fight. He walked straight forward to, to Khabib and literally like touched his chest. Don't do that. Use your footwork. If he did have a broken foot, I understand why it didn't happen. But use your footwork and work your angles. If he does that and fights in and out and fights loose, he TKOs Habib. And I feel like he does it quick. So that's it. McGregor just needs to go back. And I feel like McGregor's next fight is going to be against Justin Gaethje. Super dangerous fight for McGregor, but I feel like Gaethje gets hit too much and Connor will be able to pick him apart and hit him with the left hand and TKO him. I feel like McGregor's power is too much for Justin Gaethje, and I love Gaethje. I just feel like if they fight, McGregor TKOs Justin Gaethje within one round. And I hope we see him back soon, honestly, because I, I need I need to see McGregor back. I know he can return to form. I know he can be the king again. Habib is a tough, horrible matchup for everybody in that division if you're not named Tony Ferguson. But I feel like it's a good matchup for Connor. He just didn't fight to the best of his ability. So what else? We talked about Connor. You know, I want to do an episode on Cody Garbrandt, but I'm going to wait until he gets another fight booked because I just I need to go in depth on him. And I'm glad that Ali Abdelaziz had an interview with Luke Thomas during the MMA hour on YouTube. If you if you haven't seen it, it's about I believe it's like 45 minutes long, maybe a little closer to an hour. And he talked about how they wanted Garbrandt to fight in the card in July in, in, in Sacramento, and he turned it down. That's the best thing Cody Garbrandt could have done. He needs to get his head right. Ever since Justin Buckholtz left Team Alpha Male as a coach, he has not been the same fighter. He has been a brawler and just gets sucked into his brawls with too much emotion. If, if we see Cody Garbrandt fight like he did against Dominic Cruz, a composed, light on the feet, a lot of head movement type of fighter with just speed, accuracy, and technique. Nobody beats him at 135 pounds except maybe Marlon Marias. I feel like Mar Marlon is the best 135er, and I feel like he's going to run through Henry Cejudo when they fight, but we'll get into that in my next episode. But Garbrandt needs to just reassess his entire game and maybe see a sports psychologist just to get him – out of the mindset where you give me one, I hit you back two times. He needs to get back to the cold, calculated Cody Garbrandt that we saw against Dominic Cruz and before the Dominic Cruz fight too. That Cody Garbrandt is not going to be beaten by anybody in the 135-pound division except, like I said, maybe Marlon because he's so fast and so explosive. Not even TJ Dillashaw. The Garbrandt that fought Dominic Cruz knocks out Dillashaw in two rounds. And I'm sorry if you disagree, but that's true. So uh, we'll get into Cody Garbrandt more in another episode, but 
I just needed to get that off my chest because it's super aggravating for me because he's one of my favorite fighters, and I just want to see him fight to the best of his ability. Let's see. Anything else we need to talk about before I wrap this up for today? I don't think so. I'm going to I'm gonna save more for my next episode. I feel like I covered a lot. And, yeah, this has been Double M, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, it was a mixture of best of both worlds, MMA and professional wrestling. So, yeah, I'm Double M. And you know what? Before I close this out, get my name out there. I need you guys to help me. You listen to this podcast, get it out on Instagram. Get it out on Twitter. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your close friends. Because I'm not here to just play games. I'm going to keep a consistent schedule. And we're going to do this like I've done for every week for the last month, almost a month. We need this to get, I need this to get rolling and I know it takes time. I'm not expecting it to be a success overnight, but I'm going to work and I need you to get this out to your friends because we're going to take this podcasting game over. Might take a couple years, but it's going to happen. And I need you to help me post it everywhere. Tell your friends, get my name out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, anything you guys have Snapchat, tell everybody. Okay. Cause I'm here and double M's going to take over the podcasting game. That's it. I'm Double M and I'm out. Have a good night, everybody.